0: SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezomapepe on SAFM. We're talking about the report titled The Plight of ECD Workforce, which was released by Bridge Ilifalabandwana National ECD Alliance, the Nelson Mandela Foundation, Smart Start, and the South African Congress for Early Childhood Development. (SAC). SAC said however that acronym goes, I beg your pardon for the butchering thereof. According to the report, it is estimated that as many as 30,000 ECD operators serving poor communities, in particular in the country, run the risk of closure, total closure, that is, as a result of COVID-19 crisis. This means that up to 175,000 people will be left unemployed and 1.5 million children, more glaringly, will be without early learning services or safe places, the equivalent of daycare centres. It also finds that, this report, 68% of ECD operators are in fact worried that they will not be able to reopen after the lockdown because nearly 100% reported that caregivers have stopped paying fees after their nationwide closures on the 18th of March. This is because these programs primarily serve poor and vulnerable communities whose household incomes have been severely constrained by the crisis vicious cycle continues. So let's have this conversation then, please, with you, Zahira Mohammed, ECD Financing Director at Ilifa Labandwana. Staggering, very sobering. COVID-19, when you really break it down in sort of these statistics, these numbers, these socio-economic implications, that's when one really accepts that we have a serious problem on our hands, don't we?
1: Yes, we do. Thank you so much for taking the time for to discuss this issue with me. I think you've you've outlaid it perfectly. The staff speak for themselves. I mean, I think the other important point to bring out is that apart from the children that are not going to get access to the services, apart from the operators that are going to lose their income, it's also the caregivers of these children that rely on reliable child care to go out and look for income earning opportunities. So we don't create a safe environment if we don't create child care spaces we're actually compromising the ability of the economy to open again as well.
0: Let's talk about the general importance at a social level of early childhood development centers from them being the precursor to formal education how valuable they truly are to society for us to truly understand the implication of what you will describe which will then become a loss.
1: Yes, so the, so the loss is, is it's, it's a multitude. It's quite, um, it affects, as I said, it's a, it's a foundational phase for children. If you don't get early learning right now, it, it's lost. It's permanently lost. You cannot make up for what a child gets in the early learning phase later on in life. So that foundational phase of those children are compromised and it cannot be made up. So that that's quite critical, right? From a child perspective. Mm. Um, The other thing that's also quite critical in terms of loss is that if you look at who's providing the early learning service, early learning services are provided primarily by women, and the the workforce that we're talking about that serves the 2.4 million poor children are provided also by people from those poor communities who, who look at early learning as a subsistence form of income. So we're really looking at the most vulnerable poor women in our community that stand to lose their subsistence earning as well. So, so as I said, the, the, the loss is most, it, it, it's across the sector from the child, children's perspective as well as how we treat women and the women's income earning abilities.
0: I want to focus now on the social skills that an ECD center invariably is there for the child. It's a child who's young, who's learning everything that he or she would be experiencing for the most part in one's life, especially when you talk about ECD that's up to the age of seven. Everything that one would be doing up to that age is novel, it's new. Engaging with other people, engaging with adults, engaging with authority, engaging being in a crowd – Following a routine, not necessarily following a routine between being at home and being at the ECD center, and learning how to play with utensils and toys, if you like, that are not necessarily available at home, or certainly not to that scale. Now, when you take all of that away from a child, let's talk about the development that the child loses, because you've mentioned it already. What is that loss in the development?
1: So, as we said, early child development is the foundation phase for your education system. So, and, and if we look at all the economic research that's been done in terms of when you need to invest in a child's life to get the most benefit out of them into, in, into productive adults, if you look at the type of a curve that's developed, it shows that you get the most benefit and the most investment economically, socially, by investing and making sure the children have access to the early learning. If you do the investments only later on in life, you get very little, very little returns. So it does, as you articulately said, it, it impacts on the ability to learn. It impacts on the ability to socialise. It just basically impacts on the ability to become product, productive adults, which compromises again the ability to be to, to be able to um, interact with the economy later on when they grow up.
0: I'm interested for those who are listening and are joining us, joining this conversation from home. Um, Ms. Arie Mohammed is the ECD financing director at Ilifalavundoana. As I was just reading out those statistics, I mean there is a vicious cycle to it. Parents are not paying because the children are not there. Well, some of the parents are not paying because they don't have the money, never mind the fact that the children are not there. Can you imagine a situation whereby your child Then does not attend at all Because either the center is closed down Or there's no way for you to take your child To the ECD center What are you thinking as a parent What cold chills might you have As a result of that Are there substitutes Are there opportunities that you might use To replace if at all possible The ECD center Give us a call please 0891-104-207 WhatsApp voice notes Oh six one four one zero four one zero seven. Zahira let's talk about some of the recommendations that your report has, because we can talk at length about what, of course, COVID is going to occasion, but we need to remain, to what extent we can, optimistic. What, from what you know, is salvageable, can create opportunities, requires innovation or intervention, if not from the public sector, from civic organizations and or private sector?
1: Well, so there's definitely, when I mean, we talk about early learning, there's lots of innovation and lots that can be done. And I think almost everything can be salvaged if we act and if we act quickly and if we act and everybody does their bit. But so from the state's perspective, we feel that the state has come forward with lots of relief. I mean, we've seen the president announce five, um, 500 billion rand worth of relief. All that we're requesting from the state side is to say, Look at the important role that ECD provides, which is across from a developmental perspective to, a, to an employment perspective, to an economic development perspective, and just make sure that the relief packages you have out there doesn't exclude ECD. We're not even saying develop a specific ECD-focused package. We're saying, for example, if you're providing support to the informal economy, make sure that the criteria you have and the criteria you put forward will not be excludes such an important segment of um, of the workforce and of a segment that's contributing to the to the economy. So that's what we're asking for from this from um, from the side of the state. From an innovation space, we've seen a lot coming together from the side of civil society, which been, has which been producing lots of interesting radio material and learning material that can be done within the home. So while children are currently not participating in early learning programs outside of their home because of the, of the, of the pandemic, there's a lot of innovation that's happening which allows parents to bring early learning into the home. And um, we've we've got support to to, to mothers. We've got support to that targets um, all different types of caregivers. We have seen different types of programs developed for different age cohorts of children. So a, a lot a lot happening. I think the other big initiative to make sure that children still continue some learning and continue their development in their home for now is. The importance of, of, of zero rating some of the PBR platforms that, that allow people to access online services so, so they can continue doing the types of early learning and stimulation with their children in their homes.
0: I'm getting a sense. The more you talk about these things, I mean, I just had this thought that says the more COVID entrenches itself in terms of the implications flowing from it, the more the home is going to become the nerve center of all our activities. It has been for the last 34 days. It has been a school for the children. It has been an office for those who are employed. It has been a place for economic activity to the extent possible with these levels. And it can only increase the more the levels drop, but not necessarily open up as a level one or level zero would be. So the transformation that has to take place in the home has to follow suit the kinds of challenges that pertain in society broadly. Are parents, are South Africans generally as a society prepared that a home is going to be a lot more than just a home?
1: Well, I suppose we're coming to terms with it. I mean, I'm certainly as a parent as a, and as a, as a working person, I have to come to terms with it exactly as you said, having to, to make sure that I create spaces for the children to be able to still be productive, to learn, to play, to do the artwork, to get the uh, and 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 to get the paint on the wall. So I think all of us as caregivers have just got to. Um, it's a learning curve, I suppose, for for all of us and for all of us to to be able to digest. And unfortunately, in terms of the the homes that a lot of our underprivileged children come from, there's so much of stress and strain in those households as it is which is why we feel that we need to do a little bit more to be able to support those parents. We can't assume that this type of um, play-based learning is going to happen intuitively and automatically. That caregiver is so stressed to think through when, where am I going to get the money to pay for this children's food now that they're at home with me because now they're not getting a meal from a, any type of food relief program that they're getting out of the daycare or creche. So it's critically important. Um, that we need to support caregivers and mothers to know that they um, that they can do it. We need to make sure that the caregivers are are, are, are mentally secured and feel that they are able to take care of their own needs firstly. And to be able to then be socially stable, to be able to take care of the needs of children in their house. So it's something that we certainly cannot take for granted.
0: That's a critical point And I want you to think about it some more because the psychological damage COVID has on people generally and the emotions running high and the changed circumstances of the individuals in their homes. You certainly don't want those questions filtering through in the exchange at ECD centers between the caregiver and the child because inevitably there's one who's going to come worse for way after that exchange to the extent that it is not consistent with what an ECD centre ought to be. And we're going to focus on that equally. I want you to please think about what one of my listeners is asking. Good evening. What's your guest's take on the reopening of schools? And I suppose that is very much a question that is tied to ECD centres themselves. Let's take a break then. Miss Zahira Mohammed, who is the ECD Financing Director at Ilifa Labandwana, is on the line and we'll be chatting to her until the top of the hour. I do confirm that we shall have no drama this evening, nor shall we have soapy so for the most part we will have our full quota of discussions it's just that everything moves some 30 minutes so we will finish at 10 all in conversation so this is great i love that and of course the implication thereof is that you are going to be participating you're going to be calling you're going to be dropping voice notes the rules don't change voice notes 40 seconds or less phone calls hmm, slightly a bit more stay tuned song is on, my baby on SAFM. zahira muhammad Early Childhood Development Finance Director at Elifalabandwana. We're talking about COVID-19 and what it brings as a challenge to early childhood development centres across the country. Some gory statistics if one really thinks about the kind of impact we are talking about. As much as 175,000 people may be left unemployed and worse, 1.5 million children will be potentially without early learning services or safe spaces of daycare and almost 100% of ECD operators reported that caregivers have stopped paying fees after the nationwide closures some nearly two months ago. That was on the 18th of March. The ripple effect of this is just staggering. We've had a conversation, and we continue now with Sahira. Sahira asked the psychological impact that this might have on the caregivers and how that, as you have correctly pointed out, needs to be sorted out before the return to the ECD centre where care is given to young, vulnerable children who themselves would have been frustrated and suffered however much they would have suffered because of the disruptions, if you will, to their routines and the disruptions that have taken place in the same homes that the caregivers typically would be coming from and meeting at the ECD centre itself. Let's talk about the challenge that proposes. Well, I
1: I suppose the first thing we need to um, be clear on is that um, I suppose everyone, as you said, is facing these types of these types of, of, of challenges. And one thing, apart from the educational and early learning component um, function that um, ECD centres um, bring to the fore, they also play a very important child protection and nurturing function. So if children are coming out of homes with with lots of what we call toxic stress caused on things like violence and unemployment and, and, and poverty, etc. A lot of our early learning uh, practitioners um, are, are there to provide a safe space for the children to come back to, where their children are just kept busy, they're just distracted, for lack of a better word. They're nurtured, they're cared for, they feel so much of love in these early learning spaces. So that's a very critical role that our early learning practitioners play as well. So it provides a safe so early learning also provides a critical child protection function. And what's um, come to the fore when we did the survey in terms of the anecdotal evidence that came out of it was the genuine concern on the side of the practitioner saying, I've got these children with me every day. They're in a safe space. Some of them are coming from such deprived, violent households. I'm scared for those children who have to spend Days and days in that house with people who don't necessarily or could or, or potentially could cause harm or stress on that on that child. So critically, we must think of of, of early learning spaces, safe haven for children as well, who can who, who plays an important role in ensuring that psyche of that child is is, is kept intact
0: absolutely let's focus our attention now on the availability of skills potentially that for instance universities are now closed you've got many fourth year bachelor of education or bachelor of primary education or scholars who want to venture into the realm of teaching could they in the name of them doing something or realizing the equivalent of what would be their in-service training or the practical aspect of their training deploy them to these ECD centers for the purposes of providing the kind of manpower first that is required and not necessarily paying them because it would be accredited, if you will. Could there be an argument to use those persons for the purposes of just making sure that the ECD centers themselves are resuscitated and are effectively manned? Well, I
1: think the point is, is that they've got to. And I think you've hit the nail on the head. If we so hypothetically we do that, those students have to go to a place, right? Mm. So what we're trying to make, so, so the case we're trying to make is saying, let's make sure the ECD provider or that owner is sustained so there is something still to provide. So theoretically... If after lockdown, if students in maybe two months' time are willing to give their skill to an ECD centre or an ECD provider, that ECD provider still has to be there. There's still got to be a place. There's still got to be children to be able to go there. Otherwise, that students has got nowhere to go to, right? So our, our emphasis strongly is, on, is to make sure the sustainability of the operations of the provider. So whatever ancillary interventions we want to do post-lockdown, Can be done in the absence of of actual service being provided. Very little intervention can be done because there's no way to do any intervention.
0: All right, we are in conversation for another five or so minutes with Miss Zahira Mohammed, early childhood development financing director at Falabandwana. We are wrapping up this conversation now, and thanks for your time, Zeri, because we were supposed to have had this conversation yesterday until, of course, the earth moved a little bit away from us. Let's look in a couple of years from now, what will ECD centers have to look like to be able to better respond, if you like, Two challenges outside themselves, systemic challenges that will will certainly increasingly happening now in this geopolitical space that we find ourselves in, the use of technology, the use of different methods to achieve the same results, the different skill set required to respond to typically what we find ourselves in now. Is there anything futuristic you might give us an indication as to, well, the next frontier lies?
1: The favourite thing myself and my colleagues like to do is play a game about envisioning what ECD could look like in the future. So I can wax lyrical on this issue. But I think that the the main thing is the shape and the form of what ECD could look like in that many people have got a misconception of ECD being being provided in a pretty building with the most fabulous jungle gym, etc., etc. And if that's not in place, we write off... Um, quality ECD preventing. So for me, a futuristic ECD system is really about getting to a space where people understand what ECD is, the innovative ways early learning can be provided to children, which doesn't require fancy buildings. It can happen between the gogo or the caregiver within the home. It can happen in a little play group where you get three or four children in a park or under a marquee or in a community centre with having a facilitated person there. So I think for me it's, it's the ideal system or vision for me for ECD is making sure that every child under the age of five has access to some form of early learning and it does not have to be in, in some kind of formal structure. It's got to be make sure we have someone there who's, who is appropriately trained. And this does not necessarily mean a university education either. Mm. It could be somebody that just knows how to interact with children, someone who loves children, that's able to interact with them and have quality interaction between a caregiver or a practitioner and a child. And that, for me, is honestly as simple as it seems. That would be my ideal vision for early childhood development.
0: How's this for a vision? Because you're talking about building citizens people who will become responsible owners of the given environment in which they would be living in or presiding over in terms of leadership position and presiding over resources. Would it not help then to integrate the young ones with society more broadly, of course, in a structured and uh, responsible manner, how to better take care of the environment, how to live off the earth better, how to engage scarce resources? What? In terms of innovation, in terms of currently available um, curricula, if I can use that, is currently taking place to create that nexus between our leaders of tomorrow will be better citizens than the ones we as adults are now. Because the training that is provided to them in terms of how they engage their environment, broadly speaking, allows them to better apprehend the kinds of challenges that they will be forced to deal with in 20, 30 years from then.
1: Definitely, and, and, and what I like about the ECD space, it's very dynamic, specifically around issues of curricula and training, both in terms of the actual practitioner that's being trained and in terms of how we want, want to shift how practitioners are trained so they have the relevant type of knowledge to impart in the classroom, again, for lack of a better word. So lots of innovation happening around um framework, how do you train, what's the, what, what are innovative um, models of, 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 of training, because what's nice about this age group and this age cohort, the minds are like sponges, so you can use mm-hmm. really creative and innovative ways to talk about very topical issues, like you said, like the environment, like um, uh, becoming better leaders, how to treat each other, tolerance, etc., and I've seen some very innovative things coming out specifically from what we call ECD research and training organization in terms of how they're developing their curriculum, etc. So definitely a lot happening in that space. And I'm sure we are definitely going to get a much better caliber of leaders based on the types of curriculum and what I've seen happening within ECD programs today.
0: Absolutely. Finally, in 30 seconds, you must be quite happy, at least as a buffer, to what extent it might go, that the child support grants have increased from what they ordinarily have been.
1: Absolutely. Super excited that our kids, at least while they cannot attend ECD programs and get a meal within the ECD centers, I'm so hopeful that at least they're being well kept, um, looked after in their homes, and that little bit of extra money supporting the nutrition these little bodies and little minds need to be able to grow and develop healthily. So, super well, excited.
0: We'll leave it there then. Thanks so much, Zahira Mohammed of Ilifa Labandona. Thanks for your time and thanks for holding on, literally 24 hours to have this conversation.
1: <laughs> sure. Thank you so much. Lovely chatting. Good evening.
0: Good evening indeed. It's 21 hours. Nandika Biakas. Good evening to you too.